on TV, online, and oncologists curing cancer. They're the real heroes. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Coming up on today's show, there is a show, to, TV show to talk about. Yes. And it, it is a big one. It is the PCA main event, one of the crown jewels in the poker world. It, it still is, right? Absolutely. I mean, I know that the buy-in got lowered from 10K to 5K, and therefore people think it should no longer be spoken about in the same breath as the World Series main event or the World Series of Poker Europe. But, you know, I think it's still regarded as one of the most prestigious tournaments. It's certainly an event that people want to play. And I've got a feeling that come January 2017, it's probably going to be bigger than it's been for the last five years. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that uh, even if it's it slipped a little bit in the minds of whoever, it won't anymore. Because no. I think, especially starting with this year, I think the PCA is back in a big way. So we got that TV show to talk about. We got a really interesting, uh, interesting super fan versus Stapes this week. Yeah, I'm calling this the Skype clusterfuck segment. Uh, do you think it maybe may get a little weird? Well, basically, for the first time ever, and this was your idea, so if it all goes tits up, I am firmly blaming you. We have got two super fans coming on to compete against Joe. Uh, the subject, by the way, is Arrested Development. I'm really excited for the trivia. I love Arrested Development. Arrested Development is one of those things, James, that I... Uh, I, every time I have a girlfriend, I end up rewatching the whole thing with them because I want them to see it. I mean, assuming they have it already. So, yeah, um, I've seen it a bunch of times. Okay, well, basically, we've got a confusing format, which involves two different superfans asking two different sets of questions. We've got a Skype call with you in Los Angeles, one superfan in Rhode Island, and the other in South Africa. There's linking, no way. Linking to me in London. What could possibly go right? There's no fucking way, James. Good luck, buddy. Hey, cheers to that. Um, I played it at home game tonight with some of them james you may consider to be the competition Ooh. Oh, i thought it was going to be another one of your celebrity stories but instead it's um, people who work in the industry but not for us yeah but it's also celebrities and i mean depending on who you are look james some people shh, spoiler alert some people think I'm a celebrity. <laughs> and I've, got, I've got a story about that actually coming up in a, a minute also um I'm not sure what else we're doing on the show today because, you know, I can't even have a go at people on social media anymore. No, that is forbidden. That was, that was like a basically like a little mini intervention we had last week last where James week. was like, I'm going to I'm gonna give you some real talk. <laughs> Joey, Joey, I think as you teased last week, it is time to bring back Tales from the Archives of Sandy the Degenerate. Oh, Fox. that's right. We got a story from Sandy the Degenerate. And this time, James is going to take a crack at at telling Sandy's story. I will do my best. Uh, a bit of feedback, actually a bit of feedback, quite a lot of feedback to last week's show. The first thing to say, I don't think this qualifies as a social media beef. It's more of a minor social media annoyance. Uh-oh, um, okay. So uh, our, our good friend Alex Dreyfus was on social media last week uh, shilling the <laughs> hell out of the GPL, <laughs> yes. as he's known to do. And he's basically highlighting the fact that Bryn Kenny was playing a match. And of course, Bryn was the guest on last week's podcast. And one of the big revelations during our interview with Bryn is that he is not at Bryn Kenny World. It's not his Twitter account. He's not even on Twitter. So when Alex tweets, watch at Bryn Kenny World, and I say to him, you should listen to the latest episode of EPT Not Live because that's not Bryn's Twitter handle. Alex responds, that's debatable. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's I mean, look, whenever Alex says anything right, you have to consider all possibilities. To be honest, I I get the impression, because obviously I do follow Alex on Twitter, that a lot of his comments are meant to be in jest. Sometimes the humor is lost probably because of that translation barrier. It's a combination of the two. One plus two makes three. He's not very funny. And he also doesn't understand. Uh, Michael, who is on the slate of future superfans, by the way, got in touch to say, great show, guys. Agree with James that you should only have spin and goes for the grand final and the PCA. That's enough. Uh, Would have liked some chat about cards up reactions. I mean, there wasn't really much to say that we hadn't said already while we're in Monaco. I think the next phase really is to get some retrospective feedback, not just from viewers, but from players about how they felt about the experience. And that's something the live events team will be looking to collate over the course of the next few weeks. You know, there's been no further immediate reaction other than what we'd heard from our viewers uh, tagging us EPT Live while we were streaming. Um, We discovered this week that Luca Vivaldi... One of the senior floor staff yeah, on the EPT was... is a listener to this show. He says, I was catching up on EPT Not Live. His sick brag being that he's actually on holiday in Thailand at the moment while listening to the podcast. Uh, was catching up on EPT Not Live. And the real scuff is the super fan? Unreal. It seems that Luca is a fan of scuff's sounds. Oh, wait. So that's that meant. So Luca listens to, to the real scuff's rapping. Yes. That's... That's awesome and bizarre. I wonder, do you think that they're connected purely through the musical world or that Luca is aware of him because of his connection to the poker world and then start listening? I don't know. I feel like I feel like no no offense to any involved party, but if somehow Luca like didn't even know this dude was into poker but genuinely just loves his music, that's a pretty sweet connection. I like that. I'm that, into it. That's one of your uh, glitches in the matrix. Anyway, yeah. I've suggested to Luca that as he's a regular listener, I had no idea. I thought these people actually like you know had didn't have enough time on their hands to to waste an hour and a half listening to us. So I've invited Luca if he wants to be a super fan and come on the show. That he's he's welcome anytime. He's gonna jump the queue because there's like a we got a lineup right now for super fans, right? Um, there's a reasonable lineup. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. The issue is always going to be coordinating people in different time zones. Obviously, we have to balance London time, Los Angeles time, and a lot of people who, for example, on the east coast of America or in uh, or an eastern time zone in Canada, it's a bit awkward for them. It's 4:30 in the morning. Some are willing to do it, and some are like, yeah. And even if you're a super fan, I can understand why you don't want to get up in the middle of the night to appear on a podcast. Totally. I mean, look, you got your own life to live. And also, like, it's tough for us, too, because if we even if you have the best of intentions, there's a really good chance you miss your 430 a.m. time slot. And then we're kind of like, you know, pissing up a rope here. So it's tough for us to book you guys, too, because sometimes you're just going to oversleep. I did it once. Yes, we remember. We remember. I did it. Uh, now, um, Luke, I'm referencing Scuff. Of course, Scuff's specialist subject, Joe, was the uh, EPT sketches. And over the course of the last week, all of the fans of the sketches have been crawling out from under the woodwork. All three of them? Enrique, damn, I love those sketches. Please keep them coming. Craig, bring back the sketches. Tuan, I'm a big fan of the sketches. They just bring the tension of all the serious poker down, and it belongs with the episodes. Where were you, people, when they decided to axe them? <laughs> Look, I think that, I mean, James is is being funny right now, but I think that um, when they 
decided to call it quits on the sketches, James, you and I were both really, really okay yes, no. with that decision. And the thing is, like, look, I'm a freelancer, so every little thing that happens, I get paid a little bit more for. So, yeah, like, I did lose something out of my paycheck to not do the sketches anymore. But honestly, even with that, I was like, nah, I'm good on the sketches for a while. If they came back, honestly, I would welcome it with open arms. and I'd be like, let's do it again. And I would probably have like, you know, some new fresh ideas and some better sketches to write. But when they went away, I was ready. I was quite ready. <laughs> now, one of the things that was revealed during last week's Superfan Quiz about the sketches was my plethora of nerdy movie-related T-shirts. Sam tweets, didn't realize you had so many obscure movie tops. Where do you even get a Troll Hunter T-shirt? I'm not going to advertise, Sam, but just search on Google. There's actually more than one company selling them. Yeah, I mean, I, it's when people ask me questions like that, I always say, um, they were like, where'd you get that? I'm like, the internet? Like, even if I didn't get it there, you can get it there? Like, there's nothing that can't be gotten on the internet. Why are you fucking asking me? <laughs> Look it up. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, Freddie, Sir Frizzy, regular tweeter, longtime super fan. Great guy. James, agree with you on Jurassic Park. I feel like the other ones are so bad... <gasps> That people no. overrate the original. No, come on. No, no, stop. No, <laughs> Jurassic Park, it is one of the all-time greats. Uh, finally, shout out to Megan and Greg, who are listening to EPT Not Live from the beginning, working their way through all the episodes. And Greg says, we only just heard Joe's story about Sam Simon. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That's, um, yeah, I was just talking about that today, and the, I played in this home game, and someone was talking about how there was a big poker tournament happening for, like, an animal charity, and they were like, does anyone know any animal lovers that like playing poker? And I was like, oh, Sam. Hey, before we before we move on, I had um, one other thing I think belongs in the social media department. Have you seen this Phil Hellmuth meme? No, I haven't. So Phil sits courtside sometimes at like the Golden State Warriors games, I think is what it is, or it could be the other one. That's the Golden State Warriors. And um, last night there was this huge play that happened and Phil got photographed like sort of making a face like like a like he's a meme now. He's like a he's like an NBA basketball meme. Phil Helmuth looking at one of the Golden State Warriors. Um it's, I can't believe you haven't seen it. I was banking on you had seen it. Uh, anyway, you will if you haven't already. Just Phil's been retweeting it a bunch and lots well, of on. other let me, let me Let me, let me yeah. call up the, the Twitter client then. So if it will be on Phil's timeline, right? Oh, yeah, a bunch of times. Phil Helmuth. There he is with the blue check mark. And let's have a look at this. Okay. If luck weren't involved, we'd win every time. Good face. Good face from Helmuth. Right, so... I mean, that's that's not the only one. People have been doing lots of stuff with it. So, sure. I mean, it's just that photo. So what I want to do is let's do our own little meme contest. I want you guys, listeners out there, to uh, send me your best memes using that photo. Send me your best caption, whatever you want to do. I'll take a look at it. Hashtag it EBT live, and I'll give away a... Um, EBT not live. Sorry, hashtag it EBT not I miss EBT live already. Um, uh, hashtag it EBT not live, and I will send you the equivalent of a step C ticket for my favorite one. Or maybe I will, I may submit, I may hand out multiple prizes, but at the very least, I'll give you 27 euros to your PokerStars account for my favorite one. Okay, I have a minor crisis. I cannot get rid of Phil Helmer's face off my computer. There he goes. There that he is goes. A crisis. That it, is a bit it, of a it's crisis. It's a genuine crisis. So speaking of online photos, James, uh, let's get into the nitty gritty here. 
I deleted all of my dating apps. Yeah, you mentioned this last week. This was post-Monaco. I think you'd been back in LA for all of 24 hours, and you decided that, that enough. I actually deleted it in the lounge um, while I was waiting to fly back to LA, because I figured if I got to LA and I opened the apps and I saw like a bunch of things that would distract me, I wouldn't do it. So I'd like deleted it while I was still in London last time. Um and Isn't this a bit recyclical, though, Joe? I kind of feel we've had this conversation several times in the last three years, where you go through a phase of deleting them, then going back, then deleting them, then going back. I only delete them when I... This is the first time I've ever deleted them uh, without dating someone. Okay, so the normal reason was you were in a relationship, so you... Exactly, okay. or at the very least liked somebody and didn't want to like be distracted from so them. So you finally come to the conclusion, and I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, but I did kind of say this several years ago, that this is probably not the best way of meeting people. No, it's a great way of meeting people, but the problem is that I don't really... I, I have better things to do than meet people right now. Like The whole meeting people thing has become sort of an addiction for me and an obsession. And so, even though I think it's a great way to meet people... No, it's a great way to meet people for casual encounters. It's not really a great way to form a long-lasting relationship. Casual encounters at best. Like, at worst, it's like a couple of drinks and then you fucking have to pay for an Uber home. Like, it's just... That's what it had turned into for me. And I just realized that, like, there's so many more things for me to be focusing my time on. None of which I did this week, apparently. I don't know how. I thought I was going to have, like, a lot of time to get some shit done. I didn't. You did comedy this week, though, right? I saw you tweeting about a gig you were doing. Yeah, I did this Saturday night, and um, it's just so weird how it works here in L.A. So I'm on a show that's, like, not that easy to get into. It's not super hard either, but you have to kind of be someone that they know to get on the bill. And uh, this show started at 11.30 at night. It goes 11.30 to 2. But there's also a show that goes like 8.30 to 11.30 right before it. So the whole thing just kind of blends together. It's like five hours of stand-up comedy at this bar where there is like pretty much no one in the audience. And Now, I have a slight bone it, to pick with you, Joe, yeah, because I, I saw sure. you highlighting the fact you were doing this gig. And Michael, our superfan from a couple of weeks ago, said, oh, if I'm there, Joe, will you give me that hat you promised? And you were like... Who are you? What hat? I've no idea what you're talking about. I mean, seriously, if it had been a year ago, I could understand it. The guy was on answering Seinfeld questions less than a month ago. I know, James, but people tweet at me all the time, and I promise a lot of things to people, never thinking they're actually going to collect. And so when this guy was like, I was like, fuck, I'm sure I promised this guy something. I just don't know what it was. And the thing is, I had hoped it wasn't Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt because I don't have any. No, it was the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hat, which he failed to win because you beat him in the game of Seinfeld trivia. Okay, so right. I basically thought I would never see this guy again ever. But so he did, and he actually showed up. Nice. Yeah. And so the way that this show is working is that there are maybe 20 people in the entire bar. 17 of them were in the back of the room having their own conversation. And there was Michael Bumbless. And two random Latina girls that had like mistakenly wandered in. And I say mistakenly not because they don't belong there, but because like once they realized they were at a comedy show, they were like, couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. So there were 20 people in the room. Three of them were paying attention to me. And so, there, I mean, there was, I didn't record this one and I wish I had just so I could play some of the terribleness to like the part within the set where I go, is anyone even paying attention right now? Like, seriously, if I just started wrapping up here would anyone even notice <laughs> and, like no one even batted an eye including oh, mike no. because mike at this point was like talking to the two girls which i totally understood 
So as far as you could possibly do, like as good as you could possibly do in that setting, I did it. It was fine. Like I honestly didn't even really care. I'm getting to the point where like that doesn't disturb me anymore. So my set, I would actually give myself like a B or a B plus, <laughs> even though no one's paying attention. But the real interesting thing that happened that night is so I go, I go outside at some point because Mike's there and another friend of mine showed up to come see me and he was late. <laughs> so he didn't see me because I was like on first, like 1129 I went on. Um, so we went – I was like – and they, these guys kept trying to talk to me and I was like, look, I'm not going to do what everyone else does during my set. If you want to talk, let's at least go out back and we won't be in the room but at least we won't be distracting other people from listening to the show. So we go back there, and as it's me and Mike and my friend Skippy, and then there's this sort sorry, of- sorry. You have a friend called Skippy. Yeah, his name is Skippy. He's a big fan of the show, by the way. Before you get uh, okay, I'm just get- I'm just intrigued why he's named after an Australian kangaroo. See, Skippy's a peanut butter in America, and also was oh. like a dog. I think of Family Ties. No, it's the TV show where Bruce Bagels cut his teeth behind the camera. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. So, okay. So we are big fans of Skippy. Skippy's a big fan of us. So I'm talking to these two guys. And then there's like a, there's like a spunky sort of short, spiky haired female stand-up comic out there. And like, I decided that I'm going to like, I would, I, she's like the most attractive person in the bar at this point. I'm like, you know what? Let's talk to this girl. I want to meet people in real life. I delete all the apps, but I want to try to meet people in real life and not necessarily have an agenda, but let me just talk with this girl and see how it goes. So while I'm talking with her, I think it's going pretty well, at which point my friend Skippy comes over and starts making a really big deal about, quote-unquote, who I am. Oh, no. Do you know who this guy is? Da, da, da. And so I make this face. I look at her, and I give her like this kind of shrug, like, like eh, I don't know what to do right now. It's awkward. And so she looks at me, and she's like, you have a gigantic ego. Your ego is just out of control. Wow, she's good at reading people. You know what, James? I don't say this very often, but fuck you, James. Because <laughs> not because not because of that, but because you're you're stepping on my story here. Because so she says that to me, and I'm like, no, 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 no you don't understand. Like, I it was actually making me uncomfortable. And she was like, no, 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 you're just pretending to be uncomfortable. You have a gigantic ego. And I'm like, and the more I tr- the lady doth protest too much, like the more I try to explain that I'm actually a nice person and don't have a big ego, the worse it's sounding. So then she turns to my friend Skippy, who had been complaining about uh, how he can't find a date. And she goes, look, I'm going to ask you a hard question. And he goes, okay. And she goes, are you gay? And my friend Skippy is rather effeminate. He was just like, yeah, look, I get asked that a lot. Uh, No, I'm not gay. And I look at her after that, and I'm like, yeah, you're 0 for 2. (laughs) Oh, God. This is going so well. And so then another friend comes over and brings over his date. So this young, spunky stand-up comic looks at the date and goes, hey, what are you doing here? You're 18 years old. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like 25. So then I go inside the bar, and I'm thinking like, oh, man, this chick's 0 for 3. Like, bad read on me having a big ego. Bad read on Skippy being gay. Bad read on that girl being 18. And this dude looks over and he goes, hey, man, you see that girl outside? He's like, she's 18. And I'm like, oh, my God, she was right about that. And also, I don't know, Skippy is pretty effeminate. And wait, maybe I do have a huge ego. Like, And I was like, oh, my God, for a second, like I thought this girl was 0 for 3. She might have been 3 for 3. She, I actually might have been like the most intuitive person I've ever met in my life. 
Well, bear in mind, I don't know Skippy and I didn't get to see this girl, but on the first one, she's definitely at least, she is at least one out of three. She scores at least 33.3%. I felt, I've, I've, and I walked up to her right before I left, James, and I was like, hey, look, like five minutes ago, I was like 100% sure you were over three, and now I think you might be three for three. GG, I like tapped the table. I was like, good, good game. Spunky female stand-up comic. I'm out of here. And then I just left. Okay, so that's not the beginning of a beautiful friendship then. No, I don't know. Maybe we'll... I hey, thought the story we'll was going to have a happy ending. We're all about happy endings on this show, remember? James, it's a happy ending for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we uh, before we get to the TV recap, I did, if I could really quickly, I would like, James, if I may, to bless everyone with a reading from the Book of Joe. This week's chapter, it's okay to be petty if you're proving a point. Now, James, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, so I was, uh, when I flew out of Gatwick, I uh, had my belt and I took it to a restaurant with me. I remember this story from last week. Uh, You then discovered that you you discovered you had lounge access, abandoned the restaurant, abandoned your order, and accidentally abandoned your belt. Exactly. And so I, I hate not wearing a belt. It's actually like it makes me feel off. Like it really makes me feel weird for the whole day. So I went without a belt the whole time in Monaco. When I got back to London, I was like, I'm getting a belt. And so I went to H&M and I bought a belt at H&M and they rang me up and I paid for it. And I was like, great. I would like to wear the belt out, please. If you could just um, just cut off this tag. And the girl at the desk was like, ooh, um, I don't I don't have any scissors here. But if you go to the other desk over there to the main desk they'll cut it off for you and I was like okay fine so I walked over to the other desk and I wait for a moment for it to finish and I was like hi hello here's my receipt and I, I just bought this belt and I'd like to wear it out and um, if you could just cut the tags off and she was like ah boy I don't know I don't know if we have any scissors and so she went she left for about five minutes and then came back and told me that they had no scissors <laughs> in the entire store of H&M at which point I said okay no problem I would like to return this belt, please. And I returned the belt because that is bad customer service, and there's no fucking way they did not have a pair of goddamn scissors in that whole fucking store. And that's why I say it's okay to be petty if you're proving a point. And by the way, I follow your rainbow. I just have one uh, one small ish- thing that happened in the last week. Um, you know, Joe, that I do have previous for accidentally messaging the wrong person. Yes, you've messaged me on multiple occasions thinking that it's your wife. And unfortunately, none of them have been particularly embarrassing. Well, no, they're generally stuff like, you know, do we need to get more Kalamata olives? Uh, do we have enough tomatoes? It's generally when I'm in a stressful situation, like the aisles of Waitrose, that I r- type in a hurry and don't send it to the right person. And often <laughs> when I've got two conversations going on at once. So, yes, I have in the past got my real wife and my work wife confused. Um, well, I did it, but not to you. I was sending a message to my wife about how I had a day off on Friday and wouldn't it be nice if maybe we both stayed at home? Wouldn't it be great if we had some time together in the Wait, house? Wait, you were trying to get your wife to play hooky? Well, it was kind of moving in that direction, but it was still quite innocent. I did include three X's. I was on the verge of following it up with a slightly more direct, tw- uh, direct message at the point that I got a reply saying, I don't think this message was meant for me. Oh, shit. 
It was Francine. Oh, shit. Who got this really awkward message where I was saying, yeah, let's stay in together and let's like not go out. Let's like spend some time at home. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Thank God you said like at home. Thank God there were like contextual clues so that it like couldn't really be that confusing for her. James, what would you have done if she'd been like, yeah, all right. <laughs> go on. Go I don't, on. I, don't, I, I don't explore false hypotheticals. But for the uh, second uh, week running, <laughs> for the second week running, we have to ship a basket of apology kittens to Francine uh, for being exposed to the uh, kind of... I'd like to think innocent, but nonetheless mundane and nonetheless inappropriate comments that get sent to my wife. That is that is not coming out of my apology kittens budget. That is a hundred percent your bad. That is coming at Mark Francine, take it out of his apology kittens budget, because mine is thin. Mine is drawing very thin right now. All right, Joey, let's talk TV. TV recap. Because yes, it was a big one. Last week we had the PCA super higher roller. This week the PCA main event, and for the second week running, and we kind of expect this at the PCA, uh, a pretty awesome final table with some big names making it into the last six. Yeah, um, again, you know, it's just been a really lucky year, I think, for us, or lucky season, whatever you want to call it. Like, good final tables, great mixes of people. I thought that this was actually probably as far as, like, if you could create a final table, maybe not all of the names you would pick, but the certain archetypes you would pick, like... You know, you have guys like Mike Watson, who had never really had like a, a major win on our tour yet. Tony Gregg, who made the final table, what is it, three different times? It's his third appearance after coming second in 2009, and I think it was sixth place in, in 2012. Yeah, so then, and then you got like the newcomer, but also like kind of a wizard, McAllister. You got Toby Lewis, like the online hero. And then you got Dr. Randy, like the one everyman, even though technically a brain surgeon isn't really an everyman. He's just sort of fills that sort of slot of like anyone can do it. And it's just a perfect, it's a perfect mix as far as I'm concerned. And not forgetting Vladimir Trinovsky, who we're used to seeing at final tables and high rollers and super high rollers. And here he is at a final table of a main event. You just proved my point, by the way, of the thing I always say about Vlad Trinovsky. He's so forgettable to us because he's not really an English speaker because he's from the eastern part of the world and not the western part. And I can't believe I just left him off because I think he is pound for pound as good as any player, puts up enough, res puts up as many results as any player on our tour. And now, obviously, when we were doing the live stream, we got to see a lot more of Dr. Randy, for example. And I know we were both big fans. He was having a lot of fun. He was having the time of his life. The sad thing about this is we don't really get to know Dr. Randy at the final table. Yeah. He doesn't last that long. He's the first man out. He was a short stack coming into play. Um, so that, that was a shame. But the rest of it, I just thought was awesome. And I'm glad that we had the opportunity. I know it's not as good as actually seeing it in context and seeing kind of preliminary coverage but at least we had the flashback to the royal flush hand which i still think is the only time we've ever had a royal flush at an ept feature table yeah no i don't remember ever doing i think a royal flush is one of those things that stays with you you know james you must deal with this just as much as i do when you tell someone what you do for a living and there's like that those like maybe dozen questions that they always ask you it's like how's your how's your poker face yeah that's the, normally the first those guys, uh, those guys, uh, they don't. They, what do they got? People sponsors and stuff, right? And then, but one of the question that I always get is, "Hey, hey, you ever seen a royal flush?" 
Bizarrely, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Oh, that's like in the top three for me. They're always like, you ever seen a royal flush before? And you're like, I, I don't know, m- maybe. You see, most of the people who would ask those kind of questions, like, do you have a good poker face, are so out of touch and don't know poker that they don't know the ranking of hands. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. The, like, the Venn diagram is probably very thin of people who, like, don't know poker enough to ask that question, but also know royal flushes at the top. Um, yes, but still really cool to see it. Um, I really think that we did a decent, now we can peel back the curtain a little bit, right? And say on the TV show, what you heard us doing the Royal Flush Hand was also not the original live commentary. Because of course, when we did it live, we didn't have whole cards. Exactly. And I do, so even though we can't do it like that on a TV show, I think that the way we did it without the whole cards was a little more exciting because we were like along for the ride. And not knowing what this dude had, like, could he have a royal? Does he like? I mean, and then it turns out he does. I kind of like that. I'm, you know, I'm not very partial to the live coverage in general, James. That one I think was really cool for us to be like discovering it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only was it a good final table in terms of the actual players and some of the hands we saw, some you know, some pretty big folds and some pretty big, uh, big, big bluffs as well. Yeah. But also there was a really good rail. Whenever you're going to get name players, whenever you're going to get people who travel with a lot of friends on the circuit, you're going to get a good rail. And this one had everything. It had big name pros and it also had a dog. Chris <laughs> Mormon's dog, London, was on the rail and uh, seemed to be devouring Maria Ho at one point. Yeah, I mean, can you blame it? Um, this dog ended up stealing the show for a lot of the live streams, some of the TV show. Look, I'm not going to lie. We tried to get Tony Gregg for this week's show, and as James mentioned, due to time zones and stuff like that, we couldn't do it. Tony Gregg was honestly my second choice after London the dog. (laughs) I was going to do this whole gag where we have the dog on and play a bunch of dog sound effects, and James saw me just completely talk myself out of it, like all the work it was going to be. It was amazing. After the third paragraph, we were trying to explain (laughs) this kind of meta joke. You just went, do you know what? It's going to be too hard to do, and we should probably just forget it. But you still sent the email. I did because I just, that's it. I just wanted you, I wanted credit for having, for trying to innovate on the show and just failing at it. So yeah, this dog, I mean, look, the dog was cute, but it's also one of these, you know, designer, genetically engineered dogs. Like that dog, like, look, it was like about four weeks old. I think it was 11. I think it was one of those weird, you know, well, they call them luxury pets. Uh, yeah, kind of posh pets. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Mormon was there, railing Toby Lewis, going for his second EPT title. A uh, great to see two Brits at the final table, by the way, making up a, a third of the field. And then, of course, we had Fedor Holtz, who was also kind of railing Toby Lewis and told him he had a really good feeling uh, when Toby was flipping for pretty much his tournament life. And Fedor's good feeling didn't come true. Yeah, Fedor couldn't fade it. It's actually, I, I hate that it happened to Fedor because he's such a, like, a sweet, innocent-looking little boy. I don't really know much about him. but I you think know. it's reassuring because that guy has run like God for the better part of a year. And finally, finally, it proves that he is fallible. Right, but no, it wasn't him, though. It proves that he can just still doink other people. Like, he, he wasn't... <laughs> that's what the annoying part is. is. Like It affected him in no way whatsoever. He just basically got to get someone else all gassed up and then see them be horribly disappointed when he was wrong. 
That is true. Um, Mike Watson, spoiler alert, was the eventual winner. A guy who's been on the tour for many, many years. Yeah. And I remember we when we covered the 2014 PCA, this was when Mike McDonald was on the verge of winning his second title and got heads up against Dominic Panker. One of the big storylines there was that Mike was following in the footsteps of... Um, his hero, his idol, Steve Paul Ambrose, who had won the PCA in 2006 and had become a bit of a hero to the Waterloo boys, to the Canadian poker community. And both Mike's, McDonald and Watson, had independently reached out to Steve Paul Ambrose to ask him about how he got into poker, any advice he could offer, any strategy, any tips. And it would have been great for Mike McDonald to repeat that success. Instead, a couple of years later, it's Mike Watson who follows in the footsteps of his hero, of his mentor, and wins the PCA main event. And I thought that was a nice little storyline. I mean, I think it's absolutely amazing that anyone would pick Steve Paul Ambrose as <laughs> as their as their idol. But still, having said that, um, you know, and I didn't really even understand the gravity of it at the time. So I'm interviewing Mike Watson. And saying like, oh, how's it feel to do what Timex couldn't? Not really registering in my head that like Timex finished second. Like his really good friend finished second in this same tournament like two or three years before, whatever it was. Like that's outrageous. That like I, honestly, if I if the gravitas of that had had actually been like conscious in my brain, I might not have done the interview the same way. Like that's that's kooky talk. Imagine like. You and your like one of your best friends finished like first and second in the same massive crown jewel tournament. Like, man, what a what a great ending! And I thought honestly, no matter how it ended, it was going to be good because we had Tony Gregg who finished second, right? Tony Gregg, yeah. and I mean, he would have been a great story too. His third time at the PCA final table, which is a ridiculous feat, and honestly, is a guy that we haven't given tons of coverage to. Um, he kind of flew under the radar for a really long time. It also would have played in perfectly to my forced kind of theme of which <laughs> is people winning on their third attempt. And he's right. he's the exception that proves the rule. There we go. Well, you could say they finished first or second on their third attempt. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's still he's the only player to obviously make um, three PCA final tables. He's finished second twice in pretty big fields. Um, and, you know, I, I thought... He played incredibly well. He got very unlucky. I think, you know, and you genuinely got a sense of this from the TV show. He was playing very well, and I think he did really well not to lose as much as he did during those first few levels, but kept himself in contention, eventually got heads up. The story, which I think is harder to follow when you're watching uh, edited highlights, is Philip McAllister, who was running incredibly yeah. good across the last few days, built up a monster chip lead at that final table. And I remember from the time, because it was only a few months ago, we thought this guy's going to win it. He's crushing right now. And then it kind of just all goes wrong. Well, what? yeah, and you're right that you don't really get to see that much just from this one TV show and that, like, he does run pretty good, but he he had some moves, too. Like, he had oh, some yeah. chops. He did some things that were questionable, highly questionable, I think a little bit in the final table, but especially in the days leading up to it. But there are a couple of times where he was crazy impressive. And I don't know, like, I'm not in the prediction business, so I don't know if we'll see him again, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did. Like, I don't, I think that if he can sort of uh, shore up some of those leaks that he has and some of those spots where he kind of did things that didn't really make a lot of sense. He could be 
a guy that is regularly on feature tables and final tables. For sure. Uh, and obviously this show available to watch at pokerstars.tv if you're in the UK, channel4.com slash poker. This is the penultimate episode, by the way, of what I'm calling Cycle One 2016 because we've got 13 weeks of programming in the spring and then I'm afraid you're going to have to wait until the autumn to get the rest of it. So next week's show is the EPT12 Dublin High Roller final table. Once again, featuring Mustafa Kanet, who we talked about last week in the Super High Roller at the PCA. That show goes out on Channel 4 in the UK on Tuesday. It'll be available at pokestars.tv on the Wednesday. And then, I'm afraid, it's a big wait from mid-May to mid-October for any more new shows. Hold on a second, hold on. There's a there's a 13 week gap between the Dublin High Roller Show and the Dublin Main Event Show. 13 weeks is a massive understatement. It's a lot more than 13 weeks. <laughs> what the Jesus half Christ. of well, wait, last week of May, all of June, all of July, all of August, all of September, half of October. It's near enough six months. Wow, that's a long time. And I guess I mean, look, and I'm just going to say it right now, winter is coming for the EPT Not Live podcast because. Um, there ain't going to be much to talk about when there's no TV shows and no events. Which is why we are wheeling out stories from the archive of Sandy the Degenerate Fuck. Sandy. And now, another chapter in the life of Sandy the Degenerate Fuck. Now, Sandy, this is a, this is a, a character who you've spoken about for many years, Joe. Oh my God, Sandy, Sandy and I have had some amazing times together. Now, Sandy, a few years back, travelled to Monaco for the PokerStars of Monte Carlo Casino EPT Grand Final. And Sandy had had a very busy day, a very long day. You know, being on the tour can be taxing. It takes its, its toll. It's tough on Sandy. Sandy works very hard. Sandy went back to Sandy's hotel room and Sandy decided, oh, do you know what? Before just kicking back, before going to bed, before ordering room service... I'm going to have a nice hot bath. Sandy's had a long day. Sandy deserves some relaxation. So Sandy started running a bath. Now, at this hotel, the taps, I'm not going to lie to you, they run a little slow. It's going to take a while for that bath to fill. So Sandy figures while I'm waiting for the bath to fill, I'm just going to lie back on my comfy bed and just kind of chill out <laughs> for a couple of minutes before taking that nice long relaxing warm bath sandy loves a good chill out problem is sandy fell asleep <laughs> oh sandy no problem is the overflow didn't really do its job <laughs> now no one is 100 percent sure not even sandy how long <laughs> sandy was asleep for what we do know is that when sandy woke up and sandy stepped off the bed Sandy stepped into water. <laughs> kind of just think like the foot bath that you get at the swimming pools that you're meant to walk through, but everyone skips. And Sandy realized, oh, I left the bath running. <laughs> now, unfortunately, the water was not confined to Sandy's hotel room. Oh, no. The water made it down to the room below that. And the room below that. <laughs> That's right. This overflowing bath affected... Three levels of the hotel. Oh, my God. But Sandy's first thought wasn't, oh, 
I hope I haven't caused any permanent damage to this very nice hotel in Monaco. Sandy's first thought was to ring the front desk and say, can I change my hotel room, please? Mine's a bit wet. (laughs) And for that, Sandy, we salute you. Sandy asking for a new hotel room. God bless you, Sandy. God bless you. Event recap. Event recap. So, Joe, you mentioned at the top of the show that you have come straight from a home game with some celebrities in inverted commas slash rivals in the industry. Uh, Give us a brief recap of what you've been doing. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, Skippy, my friend who came to the stand-up comedy show, is one of the guys that I originally played poker with here in L.A. So, And he's a big fan of EPT uh, Not Live and EPT Live, he tweets. And he won uh, a card capper for a joke he made one time on uh, EPT Live. So he does a game, and uh, I decided I was going to go tonight and see some of my old poker friends. And uh, guess who decided to come also? Michael Bumbless. From uh, from the comedy show and okay. also from EPT Not Live, the Seinfeld. I edition. love the fact the podcast is bringing people together. Look, I when I saw Michael, I basically said to him, "Look, I'm sorry, I didn't bring I, I the hat I that I promised him. I didn't bring it. I forgot." And I was like, "I can mail it to you, or you can come play in this home game on uh, on Tuesday." So he came and played with me tonight. And when I walked in. Um, some people that I hadn't played poker with for years, they're like, you know who we were playing poker with last weekend? Lynn Gilmartin. And I was like, oh, I should give Lynn a call. She lives right down the street. Let's see if she wants to come. So I called Lynn, and she came, and she showed up like a half hour later. So I look like an absolute rock star because they're like, you know Glenn Mark- Lynn Gilmartin? You can like just call her? You can just like call her and invite her or something? I was like, yeah. So we had Lynn Gilmartin there, and also my friend Tristan Wade happened to be in town. So me and Tristan and Drew Amato, who are guys who all work in the poker world and who may work on competing tours, but they're, they're all lovely people. We had a good time. We had a good time at the home game tonight. Sounds nice. What what were the stakes? Because, you know, obviously Tristan's someone who plays much higher than I imagine this home game was playing. This was a $50 buy-in. No nice. freeze out. No uh, no rebuys. And uh, I was the... Uh, Tristan was the first person out. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say it's a cash game because having run a home game many, many, many years ago, the flaw with running freeze outs is that once you've gone busto, it's boring as fuck to sit there and watch other people play poker. Yeah, so what they do is they get a second game going on the second table once, uh, and that game is a cash game. Uh, and that's exactly what happened tonight. So uh, Tristan was first out. My friend Lauren was second out. I was third out. Now, my friend Lauren has never played poker before in a live setting, but Lauren is a movie producer. She produces a movie called Swiss Army Man, and she said that like some of the biggest agents and producers uh, in the world, like poker's kind of the new golf now. So whereas people like maybe 20 years ago were making deals on the golf course, now a lot of these connections are being made at a poker table and home games, so she really wants to learn how to play. So I invited Lauren. So Lauren was second out. I was third out. And... um. There was, unfortunately, everyone at the table knew that it was Lauren's first time playing, and a hand came up where um, someone raised, um, this fellow by the name of, uh, we'll call him Clopper, Clopper calls, 
someone else calls and it gets to Lauren. Now the raise is to 300 and Lauren has about 1100 uh, total chips. And like I said, she's never played poker in a live setting before. And I can tell that she kind of wants to go all in, but she's afraid of looking stupid. And so she's like, uh, what can I do? I was like, well, you can call. And as soon as I say you can call, she takes her chips. She takes like three chips and puts them in the middle. And she's, and I was like, are you sure that's what you do? Do you want to go all in? She goes, yeah, I want to go all in. So I'm like, look, guys, it's her first time playing. She's not angle shooting. She wants to go all in. And the guy who like flatted in like second position was like, nope, sorry. Asshole alert. Yeah, it was like, nope, he, she put her chips in. Like, that really affects things big time. It affects things big time. And I was like, it doesn't really, but okay, I can't really. If somebody wants to quote the rules, I can't oh, really Jesus. argue with it. And so um, what happens is that, uh, so everyone else folds. And I was just being the two of them. It comes down, king, king, queen. Uh, he checks. She now moves all in. He snap calls. He has king, queen. She has a seven. And he was like, yeah, there's just no way I could, like, call it all in before the flop. But, uh, you know, and so, like, basically he quoted the rule book, like, when it suited him. And so here's what I did. I looked at him and I was like, listen to me. You pissed in his drink? I did not do anything of the sort. Okay. But I did say, is that acceptable? Can I piss in his drink? No, of course it's not acceptable. Oh, okay, sorry. I don't presume uh, you're going to do acceptable things. I got it. No, no, no. no. Here, I, my question is, is this acceptable? Is okay. the way I handled it acceptable? So I said, hey, man. No problem, you quoted the rules, but I just want you to know, you better not ever break a rule because I'll be watching. I'll be watching for any little thing you do, and I will call you on it. So we were playing a cash game afterward. Like I said, after the, the it breaks, all the losers play a cash game. And he, I would run a guilt trip on him. I would have actually said to him, you know, if you want people in your game who are not as good as you, if you want people to bring new blood and new money into the game, then how about just cutting them some slack? Because if you start doing that in someone's first experience at a poker table, you may never see them again. Because I know so many people are like, well, I don't want to play because everyone told me I was doing stuff wrong and I just don't want to get yeah. shouted at. I think that that's a perfectly logical argument. I don't know that it worked on this fellow. I probably should have done that. Um, what I did do instead, James, remember when I said it's okay to be petty if you're trying to prove a point? Absolutely. A reading from the book of Joe. Reading from the book of Joe, who knew it was going to resurface later on in the show? Um, we were playing in this cash game, and I mucked my cards, and they skipped across the table into his hand, which was not protected. Oh, dear. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I'd really like to let you keep your hand, but unfortunately, that's a rule, is that if a muck card touches your cards, your cards have to get mucked. Do you think that this was adequate an adequate response to someone who wants to quote the rule book? Uh, it's it's. I don't think it's going to fly, but nice try. It didn't fly, and I think I probably have had to push it any further. I would have got punched in the face. Yeah, but I did attempt it. I I, I admire you for trying, Joe. You are yeah, very so trying. Yeah, so that's it. Good home game. I ended up, uh, Lynn, Lynn texted me afterward to say that um, she had a really good time and I had to apologize to about one of my friends there. I was like, I'm sorry. And then she wrote back, he was one of the most entertaining people of the night. <laughs> so so everyone had a good time. Uh, I think Drew Amato, who, who does a lot of photographs for various poker tours, will be at the series this year. I think he finished either first or second. Michael Bumbless took third. And my good friend Ganson either finished first or second, but I left because I had to do this podcast.
And we're very grateful for you. Just before we get to our super fan contest, our uh, our Skype clusterfuck segment, let's go into the lobby because by the time you are hearing this, it's a very good chance that the full schedule for EPT 13 Barcelona will be online. It's due to be published at around lunchtime on Thursday the 19th of May, roughly 24 hours after we're recording this show. EuropeanPokerTour.com, EPT.com will have the full schedule of events. We know the key dates. We know that the festival, for example, is running uh, from the 16th to the 28th of August. We've already told you when the main event's going to be, when the Super High Roller is happening. But I guess a lot of people are going to want to know about the side action. Yeah. The 200 euro, 300 euro, 400 euro tournaments. And something I want to draw attention to, Joe, and we did this last year as well. I know it's of particular relevance to people in the UK, but to be honest with you, it applies to everyone. The last weekend of the festival is a bank holiday weekend in the UK. It's a normal weekend for everyone else, but if you wanted to take a weekend vacation in Barcelona, bear in mind that from Friday the 26th to Sunday the 28th, there's going to be a whole host of tournaments you can play, including the PokerStars Open. This is one of the tournaments that's been pre-announced, which is a €200 Euro buy-in event that kicks off on the Friday and runs until the Sunday. Remember, it's not just the 5Ks, the 50Ks, the 25Ks that we show on EPT Live, that we stream. It's also these small side events, and there's a whole bunch of them. And by the time you hear this, they'll all be listed online at EPT.com. So I really want to throw that out there as an idea to people who might be planning a late summer vacation, just a long weekend across that bank holiday weekend in Barcelona, where you can play some EPT events for between 200 and 500 euros. I can't believe that it's been a year since we've given this speech, because this seems like it was like a couple of weeks ago that we were telling people the same thing. Well, it for was last less than a year ago because I think we kind of did it closer to the festival. But I figured forewarned is forearmed. And also now is a good time no, to start yeah. thinking about holidays you might want to take at the end of August rather than leaving it until July. I think, James, that's a great point because if you're the kind of person that wants to play only a 300 euro event then you're the kind of person that needs to plan your vacation. You're a normal person. You're a regular human being. These, you know, crazy a-holes who get to do whatever they want they get to be like oh there's a 50k tomorrow i guess i'll fly and play it whereas normal people need to sort of plan this shit out so it's good that we did it a little early absolutely and and also these are the kind of people you want to hear from if you are coming to barcelona this summer to just check out the whole ept vibe maybe rail some of the action in the main event spot the super high rollers and play a few side events do get in touch either hashtag ept not live or hashtag ept live either way we'll see it and uh, we'd love to hear from you and love to meet up with you when you come to Barcelona. Uh, one final thing I want to talk about is Scoop, which is on running. Um, most of the coverage of Scoop that I would recommend you read is at thepokestarsblog.com. They're covering all of the final tables, covering all of the results. I'm assuming that when we get to the main event, that there's going to be some kind of uh, Twitch stream with the heroes uh, on the Pokestars Twitch channel. I'll try and find out about that in the next few days. And I guess we'll talk about that one next week. Yeah, we're going to need the info on that. Scoop is, um, <laughs> people seem to be really burnt out on Scoop already. I think that if you haven't been playing any Scoops yet, I say get in there because uh, I think that some people are weak at the moment. 
actually, I just realised, of course, I think uh, Scoop actually concludes this weekend. It's the main event this weekend. So keep an eye on uh, twitch.tv slash PokerStars because I'm sure there'll be something. I'm sure many of the Team Online guys or Team Pro guys will be covering that and playing in it as well. And I'm sure we can do a recap of that uh, on next week's show. Right. Um, this is the moment I'm kind of really looking forward to, but also <laughs> slightly dreading. Let's see if we can get Rhode Island and South Africa on the line as we play a rather unique edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. I would just like to nominate this segment right now for next year's European Poker Awards Innovation of the Year. EPT Not Live does Skype call with England, Los Angeles, South Africa, and Rhode Island. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So, as previously advertised, two for the price of one this week on EPC Not Live, two superfans competing against Stapes for a Step C ticket worth 27 euros. We've got two of them in play this week. And of course, the Everyone Loves a Chop Pop t shirt, plural. Uh, let's do them in alphabetical order. First of all, to the east coast of the United States of America, we say hello to Chris Spirito. Hi, Chris. Hey, how's it going? And hello, Chris. In South Africa, hey. we say hello to Kahiso Mabusela. Hello, Kahiso. Hi, guys. It works. Uh, Technology functions. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's not. Let's just stop waiting for the award ceremony and get this done because every minute that goes by is another minute. It could fail miserably. Guys, uh, first thing I would like to know is what do you do? Uh, what do you do for a living? Person on the left, go first. <laughs> Wait, who's the left? <laughs> Ah, you guys fell for it. Let's start with Kahiso. <laughs> okay, I'm a freelance software developer, so I I develop software pretty much. Chris, what do you do? I am a math teacher, high school students. Oh, man, that's awesome. You're like shaping, no, no offense to you, Kahiso, but uh, you're shaping hearts and minds? Uh, I try. What's Not always your, successful. What's your like best go-to like teacher joke like what joke do you reuse the most what joke i had like a teacher that every time like someone be like hey can i do this he'd be like no but you can sit down he had like all these like things and we made like a list of the top 10 things he says all the time do you have you probably don't know what they are but i bet your students do uh you know one thing that happened yesterday i just do random stuff um i went into the uh fredo michael corleone uh, i'm smart speech <laughs> okay, James. They were, that uh, you know, well. sometimes it's just for me. I mean, it's it's enjoyment for me. It makes me laugh, and uh, you know, that's exactly anything that makes I mean. me stranger to them is good. Any day you can quote the Godfather Part Two is a good day. One more True. question for Kahiso. Kahiso, what's your favorite thing that you've ever worked on as a piece of software? Um, I made a gateway for um. Sending MMS messages. I used to work at a, a WASP. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with uh, telecommunications. Side oh, yeah, no, I'm real. For, I'm like a telecommunications <laughs> expert. Okay, so it's sort of a gateway uh, between uh, programs uh, that uh, need to send messages and the networks. So something that sits in between. Um, yeah, and I'm getting kind of geeky here, but... Uh, I was kind of proud of like what I did. Too. You're on the you, right show. Exciting, it's yeah. all about geekiness on this show. Did, did you do it? Did you do it as Michael Corleone? Because then we can just bring it full circle. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I, was, I was the godfather there. There we go. I made you a program you couldn't refuse. Okay. Okay, so let me explain to the three of you how this game is going to work. Now, Chris has written six questions about Arrested Development. Kahiso has written six questions about Arrested Development. So each superfan is going to take it in turns to play Question Master while the other goes heads up against Stapes. So at random, I'm going to have... Kahiso versus Joe. So Chris is going to be question master. And here's how it's going to work. Chris is going to ask his question and you have to buzz in if you think you know the answer. Joe, you buzz in by shouting Stapes. Okay. Kahiso, you buzz in by shouting Superfan. And whoever shouts first will get to answer the question. If you get it wrong, though, remember you're frozen out. So, are the rules clear? Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Stapes. That for Joe, yes. wait for Chris to ask the question. No, I just meant, I was sorry. You said, is the question clear? And I knew the answer, and I should have said Stapes first. Okay, well, that's, that's good. That was a good, good rehearsal. Uh, <laughs> let's get things started. Superfan versus Stapes. Chris, please give us question number one. Okay, um, everybody knows that there's always money in the banana stand. But how much was lining its walls when it was torn? Kahiso. Kahiso. $100,000. Incorrect. Joe, you can steal. $50,000. Chris, tell them the correct answer. Two fifty, dollars right? 250000 yes. $250,000. Uh, <laughs> so, nil-nil. Second question, please, Chris. Okay, what was Anyang's real name? Kahiso. Go for it, Kahiso. It was Hello. Correct. Which yes. means one day. And I believe there is a bonus question here. Are we opening up the bonus question to both of them, Chris? I, look, I got it. Look, uh, I got it. He just I, answered I, it. Oh, really? Sorry. James. Yes. Kahiso is supposed to be yelling superfan and not Kahiso? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. I'm just kidding. I'm not one to, I'm not one to quote the rule book. I just, <laughs> just, just hadn't gotten any right answers for a while, so I was feeling petty. So It's okay to be petty if you're trying to prove a point. So let me be clear, Chris. Kahiso actually did get the bonus mark as well there. Yeah, I believe he did say it. Okay, in that case, it's 2-0 as we go to question number three. Okay, 2-0, got it. Okay. Uh, while Tobias masqueraded as the English nanny, Mrs. Featherbottom, which city did he say she was from? Stapes. Go for it, Joe. Manchester. Incorrect. Kahiso, you can steal for a point. Uh, Bloom something, something starts with a B. It does start with a B, but the answer actually is, Chris? Blackstool. Blackstool. <laughs> score wow. is still 2-0 with three questions to go. Question four, please. Okay, while at the opening school, George Michael had a teacher who was a quintuplet. A quintuplet, sorry. Stapes. Name him. Okay, name him and two of his brothers. Stapes. Go for it, Joe. Andy Richter, uh, Randy Richter, Sandy Richter. Incorrect. Kahiso, you can steal. Remember, you have to name the teacher and two of his brothers. It's not an or, it's an and. I know there was Andy and there was Randy. Uh, I forgot the other two. Chris, what was the actual answer? Uh, the teacher was Donnie, and it was Andy, Rocky, Emmett, and Charith. Damn it. 
Two questions to go. Still 2 0 to Kahiso. Question five, please. Okay, what was the name of the movie studio where maybe worked as a Superfan executive? Superfan Kahiso. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, Imagine Entertainment. Incorrect. Joe, you can steal for a point. Um. I don't know. What was the answer, Chris? Tantamount Studios. Tantamount. Okay, final question. That's a good guess, Kahiso, because there's a lot of Ron Howard references in it, though. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that's, that's in season four, yeah. Season yeah, four, yeah, they had... Yeah. All right, question six. What was the name of Michael's company after going off on his own in season four? And what was its slogan? I knew this was the difficult one. Superfan! <laughs> oh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take it, Joe, even though you said the wrong thing. You get a no, mulligan want, as well. No, Kahiso has the answer. He yelled superfan. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm out. I don't know. Joe, don't know. do you know the answer? Oh, fuck no. Chris, <laughs> put him out of their misery. It was the Michael B. Company, and the slogan was, Home is where the house is. Mm. So at the end of that round, the final score is Kahiso two points, Joe zero points. So well done, Kahiso. You have won Superfan versus Stapes. Let's see how Chris fares hey. as he now becomes the Superfan, as Kahiso becomes the question master. So same rules apply. Kahiso's going to ask the questions. Chris, you shout Superfan. Joe, you shout Stapes. This is, I mean, I'm just going to get kicked the kicked twice on this show this and is i'm loving every second of it uh <laughs> let's have the first question please Kehiso. okay first question um in sort of destiny season two the literal doctor announces that michael has been assigned a new doctor uh which happens to be homer simpson's uh voice dana dan castellana who goes on to shorten martin's uh michael's calves uh theoretically to give him a improved jumping ability and he swaps Job's, uh, Job's index and middle fingers. What is the new doctor's full name? Oh my god. Silence from both sides. Don't know. I'm going to call time on this one. What was the answer, Kahiso? Uh, Dr. Frank Stein. Uh, like Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Question number two, please. Okay, who was the first... Uh, actor cast for the pilot of Arrested Development, uh, either the actor's name or the character. Uh, Stapes. Go for it, Joe. Ron Howard, the narrator. Incorrect. Uh, no. Chris, you're free rolling. I'll say uh, Jason Bateman. Incorrect. What was the answer, Kahiso? Uh, maybe Funke. It was Alia Shokat. Question three, please. Okay, in season three's exit strategy episode, what did Buster decide to call the mission to go get Job from Iraq? Superfit. Go for it, Chris. Uh, Operation Hot Brother. Correct, for a point. <laughs> Still funny. <Correct>. Question four, <laughs> please. Question four. How did Maybe lose a job as a studio executive in season three? Superfan. Go for it, Chris. Um, George Michael invited everyone in her address book to her sweet 16. Correct. 2-0 with two questions to go. Come on, Joe, get on the board. Uh, question five, please, Kiso. Okay, what is the name of Job's girlfriend, Martars? Uh, Spanish daytime television show. TV Superfan. show. Superfan. Go for it, Chris. El Amor Prohibido. Correct. 
And <laughs> final question, question six. Uh, hold on a second. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was your idea, Joe. Uh, question six, please. Lindsay, Lindsay Funke had a, a custom pet coloring company which uh, failed. What was the name of the company? Oh, I knew that. Don't know. The answer to that final question was dip a pet. So <laughs> the final score in this round is three points to Chris, zero points to Joe, which means, Chris, you oh. are also a winner on Superfan vs. Stapes. Nice. <laughs> Everybody's a winner except for me. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so our first ever Superfan three-way uh, results in Joe not getting any action at all. Whereas both <laughs> That's of a our... result of every three-way. <laughs> whereas both of our super fans, Kahiso and Chris, get the 27 euro step seat ticket plus an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Thank you guys for taking part. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, I am officially bad at everything. Like, I want to know if I picked a specialty subject, could I beat somebody? Probably not. By the way, that went much smoother. It was much more successful than I ever thought in a million years it would be. So well done, Joe. Good idea. Okay, sure. See, I I was, I was I gonna, look, I was going to throw you under the bus if it was a disaster. But as it went well, I'm giving you the credit. I'm fair. If nothing else, I'm fair. I got a one second well done for a well done. I would have had like a 400 page email CC to everyone at PokerStars had it not gone correctly. Whatever, <laughs> I'll take it. That's all the time we got for this week's show, guys. So we got one more TV show to talk about next week. That what's is the, the deal Dublin. With, what's the deal with Charlie Carroll? Do we think we're going to get him on next week's show? I think we can get him on next week's show. I think Charlie's gettable. It depends what time we do it. If we do our show slightly later than at least this week. Since what? It's like 8 in the morning for you guys right now, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're going to have to do it a little later than that. But I think that chances are better getting Charlie than they were of getting, uh, what's his name? Tony, Tony Craig. Uh, well, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a, a great lineup. Mentioned Mustafa, mentioned Charlie. Chance Cornuth is at that table as well. Uh, Jeff Rossiter. So it's, it's a fun show, which you'll get to see next week. Yeah, we'll get to see that. Maybe I'll play another home game. Maybe I'll have some stand-up to show you guys. I really don't know. I'm hoping there'll be some sort of date to tell you about. Who knows? That's it. That's it for this week, guys. So uh, for until next time, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>